What is up, dude? Um, welcome to another episode of No Eye Contact. Okay? No Eye Contact is coming from the live studio audience. And you don't need to look that up. Because it's true. If you're watching the video version, I am not in my living room. I'm on my front porch. And I live on a really busy road, so if there's some audio issues, I apologize. I'll try to hold for really loud cars. The way that as soon as I stepped outside, I just instantly started dripping sweat is honestly offensive. And I will be suing the Biden administration. Hey, how's it going? I hope you're having a good day. My name is Ash. This is, I don't know what number episode of No Eye Contact. And, you know, welcome back to just me saying shit. I, I just be saying shit, okay? I might be weird because people can definitely hear me right now. Neighbors can definitely hear me. Excuse me, I'm going to dab my sweat mustache. How am I doing? Thank you so much for asking. I am not doing very good. I thought I was doing okay mentally, and then I watched Bo Burnham's new stand-up inside, and it broke me, and I realized, like, it was so devastatingly relatable that it made me realize that my mental health is not as good as I thought it was, and that I'm actually going through a depressive episode, so that's cool. But you know what? Life goes on. We just keep swimming. We just keep getting up and do the same, doing the same fucking things over and over and over every single day for the rest of our life until we die. So yeah, bro, cheers to that. I found a, a, a band I had never heard of and I really liked their music. I listened to an entire album and I downloaded the entire album because it was all bangers. The band's called Hers, H-E-R apostrophe S. And then not long after discovering this new band new to me i learned that they actually died in 2019 in a car crash so i don't know what to call my movie alert so for now i'm just going to call it movie alert my friend elena came and visited me this is a few weeks ago now and we were talking about Pitch Perfect. Elena and I actually met in an acapella group. So in college. So acapella, it's it's in us, you know. And this isn't original, but I mean, I think Pitch Perfect, I think Pitch Perfect is to blame for like kind of the popularity that spiked in acapella groups because but Pitch, Pitch Perfect makes it seem fun and easy. Like you just sing with your friends. Like you can just jump in and harmonize and do the like. Do the like bop bop doo bop type shit. It's not true. Okay. I've been in an acapella. I've been in an acapella group and a half. And it's not like that at all. It's actually very, very difficult to sound okay in an acapella group. Even if you're a good singer, that doesn't mean you're good at acapella. Acapella is very difficult. I actually, uh, one of my goals in college was, I think it would be super fun if I joined an acapella group. Pro honestly, probably because I saw Pitch Perfect. <laughs> but I'm too, I'm too anxious and scared to like just go out and audition for acapella groups. And so the opportunity arose for me. I was working at like this, this retail place. I was working at this popular retail place and this guy that worked with me, he, we became good friends and he was like, Hey, I'm making a new acapella group on campus. I would love if you came and audition for it. And I was like, okay. Cause somehow we, we, I think we'd become friends enough where we had like driven around and sang together and stuff. And so he knew I could like kind of sing. And so I auditioned for the acapella group. I was so fucking scared. I sang. 
It was an Adele song. What song is it? Turning Tables. I sang Turning Tables by Adele. I did not hit the high note correctly. I honestly doubt that if if my friend that I worked with was not on the executive board, I don't think I would have gotten into the acapella group. I think he probably had to weasel me in there a little bit. But so I got in and it was a lot of fun, but it was also fucking hell. Okay. There was so much drama in and surrounding acapella groups. The beef between the different acapella groups, the beef within your own acapella group is absolutely fucking ridiculous. (laughs) And listen, I acknowledge that I've been fucking toxic in the past and I was definitely one of the people making our acapella group way more dramatic than it needed to be. (laughs) One time, one time I got in trouble with the acapella group and they had to like they had to call me in for a meeting with the executive board and they like had a talk they they gave me a talking to and it was like i'm trying to remember they had like multiple reasons that they brought me in for and i think i was put on like probation and if i got in trouble again they were gonna kick me out but so i remember one of the one of the when they brought me in for the meeting they like had a list of things i had done And the biggest thing was just shit talking. I'm just a big shit talker, you know. There was one time, there was one time when we, oh my God. Okay, you'd think the singing was the worst part. Hold on a second, there's bikers. One of the worst parts about being a performance, like acapella group, is the choreography. Okay, they don't tell you that you have to be fucking coordinated and have rhythm and shit. And that while you're trying so hard to keep pitch and keep up, you're also fucking running around a stage. Stupid. So we were doing choreography, which fucking sucked. We all hated it so much. One of the reasons I got in trouble was because someone, a fucking snitch, overheard me make a joke to someone where I said we were in Akahel. I said Akahela. I said we were in Akahela. And someone snitched on me and then got, they were mad at me for it when it was obviously a joke. And I think the main reason they pulled me in is because there was one choreography, there was one choreography lesson we were doing. And like, I think it's like a two hour rehearsal. And in the middle, we were supposed to get a five minute water break. And we're all fucking tired. It was also probably the same day I said Akahela because it was miserable. And One of the executive board members who I was friends with, who was in in with the, you know, the normies, the members doing the choreography with us, she could tell everyone was kind of getting frustrated and like hot and stuff. And so she kind of interrupted the lesson and was like, hey, why don't we go ahead and do our water break? And the president just in like the worst tone possible Which, honestly, like, I have tone issues as well, so I feel for her. But she just kind of in front of everyone was, like, said something kind of sassy back to her of, like, you know, I'm going to finish my lesson, and then we'll do that. Or, like, kind of, like, shut the fuck up. I'm the boss. And a couple people in the acapella group went, ooh which fucking childish but it was like it was that vibe where you're like whoa why did she come at this girl so hard for no reason you're just trying to be helpful and like i felt bad for my friend and so then when we finally got our water break uh me and a few other people approached the girl who 
the friend that tried to say, let's have a water break. And we were like, and we were like, dude, what the fuck? Why, why are they talking to you like that? Your executive board, are you going to talk to them? Like, that's not fucking cool. And she was like, I mean, I feel like I can't really say anything. If, if you guys want to go say something to them, you can. And so I wouldn't have done it by myself. But um, this other girl who, she was a horse girl. So that tells you everything you need to know about her. But we were like friends at the time. She was like, I want to go talk to them and be like, hey, that's not really cool. You know, you shouldn't disrespect people who are like are supposed to be your equals in f- in front of everyone. You know what I mean? You shouldn't disrespect them at all, but don't do it fucking in front of everybody. So uh I came with her. I don't think I said anything. I think I just sat with her. But so the two girls who were in the executive board who were leading the meeting, they were like sitting on the floor at the front of the room and me and this other girl walk up to them and sit down on the floor with them. And we she said it very calmly. She was just like, hey, listen, like, I just, that was kind of uncomfortable back there. You know, I don't think you were being really respectful to your fellow executive board member. And like, it's not really cool to, you know, don't like be disrespectful or fight in front of the acapella group. It's just, you know, I can't remember exactly what she said because it's been a few years now. But, um, they they were kind of just like, okay, thanks. Like, obviously a little bit awkward. I don't think I said anything. I was just there for moral support. And then we left, and it was whatever. And so that was, like, the big thing. I got called in for a meeting, a talking to, but that other girl didn't. Because I said Akahela. But, <laughs> but so... Yeah, so I so I went to this meeting and they like were reading off all this like bad stuff I did and you know, felt like it was fucking five people against one and I just started crying. <laughs> I started sobbing and like one of the members like got up and went to the bathroom and got me like a wad of toilet paper and brought it to me and like it was so uncomfortable. But I found out that that acapella group was put together by that guy I worked with because he had been in a different acapella group, didn't like how they were running it. So he like out of spite made this acapella group. And then there was so much drama in that acapella group that like usually in acapella groups at the end of the year, you know, whatever members from that year want to return the next year, they usually can. Um, but it was so full of drama that that second year they made a rule. They they said that everyone was out and had to re-audition. And it was so that if returning members came back and re-auditioned, they were able to kick out the people they didn't want to kick. They were able to kick out people that they didn't want to be in it. I didn't audition because I was over it. But also, I knew in my heart that if I auditioned because of how much drama I caused, I would not have been accepted back. So the horse girl that I actually like got in trouble with that, um, that confrontation thing, she auditioned to be back in it and they did not accept her probably because they also considered her like a little, you know, little drama queen. So she made out of spite another acapella group (laughs) i i'm convinced that's how all acapella groups are made out of spite because you didn't like how the original one you were in was going and so i think an acapella group had died out and so she kind of like brought it back to life and she reached out to me and was like hey i'm I'm putting this acapella group together. Will you come audition? And I was like, sure. Fucking why not? And so I brought my best friend, Allie. And we both auditioned for this acapella group. I sang. I sang Hallelujah by Rufus Wainwright. 
Is that who originally made that song? I know that's who does wait for it. Okay, I sing Hallelujah by Leonard Cohen. Classic. Shout out Shrek. And that's actually how I met um, my friend Everett, who who is also Allie's partner. Which, at the time, that's how they met, also. But so, I got in, and then the horse girl was like, hey, fuck, what? She she offered me a position on the executive board, because that's how much of a shit show this acapella group was. I don't know how to do anything. I don't know how to run anything or anything about music. <laughs> and so, I was like, fuck, yeah. And then pretty quickly, I realized they did not have their shit together. It was a sinking ship. And I did not want to be a part of it because I didn't even know what I was doing. I can't even remember what position I was. I can't remember if I was, I don't think I was vice president. I, was, I don't think I was treasurer. Maybe I was like secretary. I had no idea what the fuck I was. I had no idea what my job was. I didn't know what I was doing. And every time we had a rehearsal, it was just a bunch of like fucking awkward acapella kids just fucking around because we didn't know what the fuck we were doing. And so pretty quickly I was like, I'm out. I don't want to be attached to this. Allie and Everett stayed and they actually ended up like, you know, kind of kind of doing pretty well, kind of fucking killing it. But uh Yeah, I was like, I gotta get out of there. One time <laughs> There was this kid in our acapella group at the beginning. This is the second acapella group when I was like secretary or something. And he was just like this quiet, lanky, probably freshman. He came to a few rehearsals and he didn't talk much, but he decided to quit. And when he quit, he sent a very long, strongly worded email to the exec board's email and just absolutely roasting us into the dirt. He said, do you hear how I said dirt? Dirt. <laughs> just absolutely roasting us into the dirt. He was like, you, you guys, I would, I don't want to waste my time with people who, with a, wait. He was like, I don't want to waste my time with a bunch of obese lesbians who can't even carry a tune, who can't keep pitch to save their fucking lives. And we thought it was so funny. We read that email so many times and laughed so fucking hard because it was just, he was so angry. He was so angry and it was so funny. We were just like, all right, see you, dude. And then soon after that, I was like, I don't know what I'm doing. I got to go. But so Pitch Perfect created uh, an unrealistic idea of what acapella is. Like the famous scene where they're like, they're having the riff off. That's impossible. You, I don't think anyone could do that. I don't think even a group of the most well-trained acapella groups could do that. because. The sh the movie tries to play it off like it's like fucking it. improv, right? There's no way. There's no way someone could start singing a song and then a bunch of other people would be able to perfectly be like, do wop, do wop. You know what I mean? Like, it's not realistic. That being said, Pitch Perfect's good. Okay? I think it has like an 80% on Rotten Tomatoes. And... Pitch Perfect 2, I don't really remember it as much, but I, st I think that I thought it was fine. And I think it has like a 60-something on Rotten Tomatoes. Now, I did not know that there was a Pitch Perfect 3, okay? I had no idea. And so my friend Elena came to visit, who I met in the original acapella group I was in. They had also not seen Pitch Perfect 3, so we decided to watch it. And it was fucking terrible. It was so bad. It was so fucking bad. Let me explain the plot to you. 
they're now all out of college and they have like their adult career jobs and they're all fucking depressed because they hate their lives and they just want to like sing acapella with their friends. And so somehow they set up this world tour where they get to travel around to different military bases overseas and perform for the military and their families. Which, for some reason, is hosted by DJ Khaled. Who, if you don't know DJ Khaled, is basically like... DJ Khaled is basically a human-sized gremlin that was accepted into society. I'm not really sure what happened there. But so, DJ Khaled's hosting this military tour. And there's other groups performing. Not acapella groups, though. They're like, there's like kind of a country band, kind of like a, like a feminist rock band that has Ruby Rose in it. And it's called Evermoist, which obviously the name is a joke, but it's like, and this was the whole movie. Obviously this is a joke, but it's not a funny joke. Half the jokes they cracked were so uncomfortable and just like, but that's not funny. What are you? And then uh, the other group was a rap group. So all people who, who use actual instruments. So the acapella portion was just unnecessary. And then they find out DJ Khaled at the end of the military tour is going to pick one of the groups to open for him at his show. Which all of all of those except for like the rap group wouldn't make any sense opening a DJ Khaled show. So already the premise is fucking ridiculous. And so as they're doing this military tour and trying to impress DJ Khaled, there's a subplot going on. And it's that uh, Fat Amy, which is Rebel Wilson's character, her father who were randomly given her backstory in this movie. They've never done backstories before, I think, in either of the other two Pitch Perfects. This Pitch Perfect, they give Fat Amy's backstory, which is that her dad, like, disappeared when she was younger, and basically he was, like, a con man. So he appears now while she's on this overseas military tour, and she's be he's being all like, sorry I was gone for most of your life, but, like, I'm here to be your dad now come with me on my boat and we'll travel the world. And she's like, Oh my God, that's so great. Like my dad wants to be in my life and stuff, but like, I got to do this military tour. So as this is going on in the military tour, it comes out that her fat Amy's con artist dad is out of money and knows that she has a trust fund in the Cayman Islands for like a lot of money. Like I think they said like over like it was like 150 million or something like that. And so he's just trying to get her to go to the Cayman Islands so that he can fucking steal all her money from her trust fund from her. Yeah, shitty dad. Yeah. So then, you know, Fat Amy realizes this and she's like, fuck you, I'm not going to the Cayman Islands with you, dad. You're, you suck. He kidnaps, this is where it gets truly ridiculous. He kidnaps the acapella group on his boat. And he's like, if you're Fat Amy, if you're not here to go with me to the Cayman Islands in 12 minutes, I'm going to kill all, I'm going to kill your acapella group. <laughs> and so the only ones not kidnapped are Fat Amy and Anna Kendrick, who I can't remember her character's name. And so they come up with a plan. <laughs> Anna Kendrick sneak, sneaks on the boat and hides amongst the rest of the girls. And then she's like, hey, I've been here the whole time. 
Also, if we only have a few minutes left to live, can we sing a song before we die? So the bad guy is like, sure, sing a song. And so they sing Toxic by Britney Spears. As they're singing Toxic by Britney Spears, Fat Amy is going through the boat. Just, it's just a fucking fight montage of her like beating grown ass dudes' asses skillfully. And at one point, she does like a standing backflip and kicks a dude in the face. And then she pulls a bag of C4 out of the cereal and she's like, classic daddy. And then wraps it, pulls a sandwich out of her bra, unwraps the tinfoil around it, wraps it around the C4, puts it in the toaster, and then gets the acapella group to all jump off as the boat explodes. Now, I don't know about you, but if I almost just died, I wouldn't give a fuck about trying to perform at DJ Khaled's event, okay? I would be like, I have to go home. I need serious help because something super traumatic just fucking happened. But no, Anna Kendrick's, they're all like like in the rescue boat and Anna Kendrick's like, Fat Amy's like, go ahead. Tell them. Tell them the news. And Anna Kendrick's like, hey, listen, guys. You know how DJ Khaled said he was going to pick one of the four groups? Turns out he only picked one person. And that person was me. Which, again, makes no sense. And her acapella group's like, hey, we're not mad. You got to go do it. Let's go. We're going to support you. And so then the movie ends with Anna Kendrick performing before a DJ Khaled event. And then of course, halfway through the song brings her acapella group up so that they can all finish the song together. It wasn't even like a hype song. It was like an old song. I'm pretty sure it was a song that's like freedom, freedom. And it's just like, okay. It was so bad, dude. And I, I feel like it has like a 20% on Rotten Tomatoes. I can't remember. We looked it up, but it was bad. It was really bad. And so we just couldn't believe how bad of a movie we just watched. So we ended up watching another movie called Shiva Baby. And it was pretty good. It's like a Jewish girl who has to go to a Shiva. Which is like the the celebration after a funeral. And it's like a super fucking uncomfortable situation where like this dude that she's kind of like fucking is there and he has a wife and she didn't know that and it's like kind of super uncomfortable but like I feel like it captures kind of anxiety pretty well like the whole movie is literally just like two hours at the shiva it was pretty good I liked it um I also movie alert watched watched this movie with my brother called Dogtooth. And Dogtooth is done by the same person who did The Lobster and The Killing of Sacred Deer, if you've seen either of those movies. All three are very well done. Very um, unique plots, but they're always like fucked up. Like there's something fucked up about them. Dogtooth is about this family that decided to raise their kids in total isolation from the world. And they teach them absolutely insane things and just warp their perception of reality. They, they teach them words uh, with a different meaning than what they actually have. Like they taught them that salt was telephone. Um, they, they taught them that they, they couldn't go into the yard at night because then like they would die they taught them that they couldn't step foot out of like their yard or something bad would happen and they taught them that um the your canine tooth your dog tooth when it falls out that means that you are ready to go out into the world on your own 
aka that would kind of never happen because that that doesn't come out you know but it's absolutely bizarre there's just like and just super unnerving but super beautiful uh i can't remember what i watched it on but it was really good and it's fucked up and i liked it also and this is the last movie alert i do i'll do i swear to god but i went to a movie theater for the first time in fucking two years i saw a quiet place too and to me i loved a quiet place i saw it oh god there's a fly on me i saw it four times in the theater i i absolutely loved it i thought it was super fucking original super well done amazing performances i'm impressed by john krasinski's talent but i didn't want to see the second one because i just felt like You know how franchises are where like they're just not doing they just don't really do the original work of art justice much like pitch perfect <laughs> so i didn't want to see it because i felt like i wasn't going to like it as much as i liked the first one and that it just wasn't going to add anything for me as a fan and that i would actually not like it for some reason i thought i wouldn't like it and my brother and cousin went and saw it and they both really, really liked it, which I was surprised because I feel like they're uh, more negative than I am. And so I was like, oh, if they like it, I'll go see it. So we they actually went and saw it again with me. And it was fucking good, dude. John Krasinski is so talented. Like, and since he's not, because a uh, spoiler alert, he dies at the end of the first one. So it was cool in the second one that like... I think he really got to focus on directing it. And he, actually, he also wrote it. He helped write the first one, but he wrote the second one. And I think that he is insanely creative and talented. And it was, it was super fucking good. I, re I recommend it. I, I feel like I might have liked the second one better than the first one. All right, dude. Now that I've just talked about absolute bullshit for 30 minutes... Let's get into why I brought you here today, okay? Here's what I brought you here for. I, this past weekend, went on a fucking journey, dude. I went on a journey. I went to Florida. Now, if you don't know about Florida, Florida is the absolute armpit of America. It is so fucking humid it's so fucking hot when i was in college i was in a town where floridians tend to go for vacation so there was always constantly they would they'll come up every season they they'll come up for summer because it's cooler than in florida they'll come up for fall because they want to see the leaves change they don't really fucking have seasons they'll come up for winter for fucking to snowboard ski to just see snow because they don't fucking have snow and i don't i don't know if they come up in spring but they probably do and we called them floridians because oh baby floridians do not know how to drive in florida everything is flat and most of the roads are pretty straight, I would say. And then they come to the mountains where everything's on a fucking mountain. And there's lots of curves, crazy back roads, not a lot of fucking interstates. And they don't know how to fucking drive. Anytime you were like cut off or you had to slam on your brakes to not cause a fucking collision... That was would be someone else's fucking fault. You can look at their license plate, and I would say 85% of the time it was a Florida license plate. So yeah, they're fucking Floridians. Just a bunch of fucking tourists who like they come into your service job and like ask you the same fucking question and like, but hey, I can call them Floridians because guess what? And this is gonna rock the boat a little. I am part Floridian. Yeah. On my dad's side, I am part Floridian. 
my dad grew up in Florida and most of his family's from Florida and there's still family down there in Florida. So yeah, I got, you know, Floridian in my blood and I'm not proud of that. I'm actually pretty embarrassed, you know, but Hey, it's my, it's my heritage. It's my culture. My great, great grandmother was an alligator. Yeah. Claire. She's an alligator. So, I mean, this is who I am. I'm just being honest. So I think that I am allowed to trash Florida because I'm part Floridian, baby. I flew by myself for the first time, which I, I haven't flown probably since high school. No, that's not true. I've I went on a trip with my dad to Arizona my sophomore year of college. And I think that's the last time I flew. But again, it had always been with an adult. But so I flew by myself. So that means I am the adult, which is fucking terrifying. <coughs> I think I just fucking inhaled a bug. <clears throat> and I'm not even joking. Damn, I think I have my brightness up too much for most of this, but it's fine. Uh, I flew to Florida to visit a really good friend that I also met in that original acapella group I was in, my friend Quincy. Quincy and I have known each other for fucking, I want to say five years now. Four, four or five years, maybe six. I'm not good at math. We know that. <laughs> That's been established. My next to last year of college, when I dropped out, I lived with Quincy and her boyfriend, Steven, for a year. And it was great. It was so much fun. They have a cat named Hemingway, who is an absolute gym. They are wonderful people. They offered me a lot of support and space when I was going through like, uh, when I was going through a pretty hard time and I love them so much. I can never thank them enough for that. But so I haven't seen them in a few months and I decided I was going to go visit them in Florida and fly for the first time by myself. And you know what? It wasn't as scary as I thought it would be. I um, flew out of Charlotte, North Carolina, and I flew, my flight was at 9 a.m. No. Yeah. My flight was at 9 a.m., so I had to get there by 7 a.m., and it was so fucking crowded. There were so many, li there were so many lines for, like, the different, uh, the different, what are they called? Air lines. Oh my God. There were different, there were so many lines for the different airlines and also for security that you had to go up to every line and be like, Hey, is this for this? And they'd be like, no, this is security. And then you'd be like, Hey, is this frontier? And then they'd be like, this is Delta. And I was like, fuck, but got through was absolutely sweating fucking buckets. And got to uh security and they ask you for your id and you're wearing a mask and instead of being like all right can you pull your mask down for me like he literally looked at me he was like show me your face and like what do, i don't know am i supposed to cheese mm, am i supposed to so i literally just like <laughs> and then uh get on the plane and I with I flew Frontier and with Frontier you you pick out your seats. And so I picked out um window seats. And when I got to my row, someone was already sitting in the window seat and then someone was sitting in the middle seat. And so instead of, you know, being like, hey, that's my seat. I I picked a window seat. I just sat down at the 
aisle seat because I don't want to talk to anybody. And let me just let me just say right now, planes are fat phobic. Okay, like if I was any bigger, I would not have been able to get the seatbelt on. And apparently they have seatbelt extenders, but it's like that's fucking embarrassing to have to ask for that. Like just fucking make the seatbelts already extended. Make the seats a tiny bit wider. Like the um and obviously I picked Frontier, which is already like a cheap, known as a cheap airline and a shitty airline. So obviously, like what I didn't pay for like quality, you know. <laughs> but come on, dude. Like, I'd say most of America's pretty fucking big. Just make it a little more comfortable. Literally every chair I ever sit in, I'm like, why didn't they make this just a little bit bigger? But so you know, I'm big. The guy sitting in the middle is also kind of a big boy. And, bro, I... First of all, our, our legs are touching. There's no way our legs are not touching. And I was literally sitting, like, holding my arms, like, to the side. Because if I didn't do that, then, like, literally just our arms would just be pressed together. And I already have enough, like, fucking sensory issues... I don't need to be pressed against a stranger on an airplane. And the first flight, we sat on the runway for an hour. It's like an hour and 45 minute flight. We sat on the runway for an hour and then we finally were able to fucking get started. And for, dude, that was rough. Like I was experiencing derealization uh, in that plane cabin. And if you don't know what derealization is, it's like when you just straight up don't feel like this is, you don't feel like this is real, like real life is happening. It feels fake to you. It feels artificial. And it genuinely felt like, it felt like I was in like a ride at Universal where like they were trying to simulate that I was in an airplane cabin. And it just felt fucking fake it felt like like i was sitting in front of like a weird ass stage it was so weird um and it was uncomfortable and then we uh we finally got to flying and the guy beside me like halfway through the flight kind of just um there was no like warning he just kind of like made a motion at me to get up like and in my brain, I'm like, okay, he's telling me to get up. I need to unbuckle my seatbelt and then get up into the aisle. But what I did was take my mask off. Like, he was like, get up. And then my first reaction was, and I took my, I started to take my mask off. And then I was like, what the, f what the fuck am I doing? And then it was like, scramble, scramble, scramble for the seatbelt. And then like, I'm, I have to like get up in the aisle. And then he like gets up and goes somewhere. I thought he was going to the bathroom. I don't, I guess he was feeling kind of claustrophobic or something. But so he, but so he came back after a few minutes with um, a flight attendant. And again, didn't really say anything to me, just kind of motioned like to the seat. So I thought he was sitting back down. So I got up again. And he was just grabbing, like, his jacket. And they were saying something about a window seat, and then they disappeared. And he wasn't sitting in the middle anymore. So I was able to stretch out a little bit, but... So that was nice when he left, because then it was, a, it was a little bit nicer. But it was also weird. Um, but so... I got there, and then I did another another first... I got there and then I did another first. Quincy had to work. So I got a lift by myself for the first time. I've been in Ubers before, but it was always like someone else handling the app. I just had to get in and get out of the car. Easy peasy. But so I had to like fucking. Yeah. And my biggest thing with the rideshare thing was like, I just did not want to get a man. Like, I don't want to be. 
I don't want to be trapped in a car with a stranger, but I especially don't want to be trapped in a car with like a strange cis man. You know what I mean? And there's no way to pick. No fucking way. I just got freaked out because someone is like weed whacking and it sounded like it was coming from right behind me, but it's not. <laughs> oh, I get why on like Lyft and Uber, you can't, you know, put like a preferred gender for someone to pick you up. I completely understand because then like absolute fucking creeps would just be picking women all the time. So when I ordered the lift, it just happened to be a woman and I was so happy. And then she didn't talk to me at all. That was the other part I was scared about. I was like, oh, what if they try to talk to me? What if they try to make small talk? Like, I don't want to talk to them. And she didn't talk to me for the 30 minute drive. And it was fantastic. Tipped her, gave her five stars, everything. Did a survey about her. And so I get to Quincy and Steven's apartment. Get to see them, get to see the cat. Uh, so fun. Quincy, Quincy had to work all day. So I pretty much just like played with the cat and rolled around. And for dinner, for dinner, we walked across the street to this bar called Gators. And I had fucking four margaritas in a row. I would fucking chug a margarita and then the waitress would come by and immediately be like, you want another one? I'd be like, yup. And she brought me another one. <laughs> the first time it was like a big glass with a, as a margarita. And then the second one she brought me, it was a bit smaller glass. And then the third one she brought me, it was like a smaller straw. And then the last one she brought me, there was no straw. And uh, we, Quincy and I made a joke about um, we'd order cheese sticks. I was like, that's it. We, I'm just going to have to bite the ends off this cheese stick, rip the cheese out, and use the skin as a straw. You know, country girls make do. <laughs> but so we ate some good fucking food, got some drinks, and like, I don't know about y'all, but first of all, I sweat so easily. Like, way too easily. And I'm in Florida, the armpit of America, which is so fucking humid. So I'm fucking sweating. And then I have four margaritas back to back to back. So I'm, like, a little bit drunk. And when I drink, I fucking sweat like a mofo. So. So we walk back across the street and I'm fucking dripping. I mute like, literally as soon as we walked into her apartment, I was like, I have to take a shower. I, this is, this is too much for me. Um, the next day we had a beach day. And so, uh, they were both off of work, Quincy and Steven, and we got in our bathing suits and we got fucking white claws at Publix. Publix actually started in Florida, fun fact. And we drove an hour and 20 minutes to the beach. We had so much fun at the beach. We stopped at like a, you know, at the beach, there's all those corny ass stores that are just full of like beach merch. <laughs> we went to one of those and I bought this sick ass hat. I'm wearing like a tie dye bucket hat. It actually, it says Cocoa Beach on the back, but here, let me, let me see how it looks with the logo. I flipped it so we can see the other side. The other side, it says Cocoa Beach on it. Uh, pretty fucking cute like the tie-dye is so cool and like not overwhelming like kind of usual capital ver capitalist version of tie-dye is just like the fucking neon colors but it's kind of like a a muted tie-dye and i fucking love it it's so sick and i was thinking a bucket hat would be fun so it's cool that i found a bucket hat and then I bought a sick-ass fucking beach towel. And it says Florida on it. And it's two dolphins jumping in the ocean 
with a, sun, a pink sunset behind them. It's incredible. And then I also got a pink magnet with shark teeth in it that says Cocoa Beach. I also didn't know, so that's like Cape Canaveral down there. And that's where um, there's like a NASA rocket launch there. And so they call it, they call it the Space Coast, which I just think is so fucking sick. Like, yeah, we're going to the Space Coast. Like, fuck yeah. Um, so there was a lot of like NASA merch in there as well. <laughs> but that was cool. And then we parked at this public beach and walked down there. It was so fucking crowded, dude. That's like the most people. That's the most people I've been around since Corona. But everyone was like pretty. I'd say for the most part, social distance. Like within their groups. And we sat. We picked a spot. We sat down. And I immediately chugged two White Claws. And ate some Doritos. And I was like. Oh, I just don't feel like putting sunscreen on. Like, I don't want to put sunscreen on. I honestly, I should have put on sunscreen at the apartment and then just rode in it for an hour and 20 minutes. And then, like, I would already have sunscreen on. And that could just kind of, like, touch up, you know? That's what I should have done. But I didn't. And I was like, oh, I just don't feel like putting sunscreen on. And I remember Quincy looked at me and Quincy was like, you're brave. <laughs> and Quincy's rocking. A long sleeve bathing suit, okay? Quincy, Quincy's a redhead. Quincy gets the pale struggle, okay? I sat there for a little bit, no sunscreen. I would say 20, 30 minutes, which was fucking dangerous, honestly. And then I decided to put sunscreen on, and I'm sitting in a chair. So I just put sunscreen on how I could reach it. So arms... So face, arms, neck, chest, tops of thighs. That's it. That's all I did. <laughs> Didn't even touch my back. And I realized that probably 30 minutes after that. And I was like, ooh, I should put my shirt back on. But no, no, no. The damage had been done. Okay. I am so sunburned on my back. And on the sides of my legs, which is like where the sun was, <laughs> and also on my chest. And my chest is peeling, so I know for a fact my back is peeling. And you know that part in the Jungle Book where Baloo is scratching his back on a tree, just going absolutely bonkers on every single tree he can find? That's been me in my house this week, is... I just find a nice corner or a door frame and I go to fucking town itching my back. Okay. Like I am blue from the jungle book on every 90 degree angle in my house. And I'm not ashamed to admit that. So then I fucking, we come home, we shower up. And then we ended up going to Olive Garden for dinner <laughs> because we all three love Olive Garden. And we were all like, we were talking about dinner and we just all kind of kept being like, or we're down for Olive Garden. And then finally it was like, let's, let's just fucking go to Olive Garden. <laughs> so we went to Olive Garden and I packed one like dinner outfit for this trip. Like I packed my airplane outfit, which was actually this outfit that I'm wearing right now. And I also packed my beach day outfit, but then I just packed one dinner outfit. And so I rocked the dinner outfit to Olive Garden and I was wearing like these, these stretchy, like khaki pants and this little crop top with stripes. And I felt fucking cute. Okay. And I would be lying to you if I said I wasn't strutting this Olive Garden in Florida, like, it was my fucking job, okay? Like, it was the end of the world. And I felt cute, felt confident, was letting you know a little belly show, 
Didn't give a fuck if my ass was jiggling. And then we get back to the apartment and I'm, ch- I'm changing into pajamas when I realize that, you know, from driving home from the beach day and I'm in my ba- wet bathing suit, I, the seat that I sat in on the way to Olive Garden was still wet. And so it left like a sandy, wet stain right on the ass of my, my khaki pants. So I was fucking catwalking around the Olive Garden with a fucking shitty poopy ass. And that's not cute. Okay? I looked like I had a poopy asshole. I looked like I had a poopy butt. So to everyone in the Olive Garden, I want to say that I'm sorry. And I want to say that it was just from beach day and I did not shit my pants. Thank you. And then the very next day, I just stayed for the weekend, just two nights. I left Sunday morning. My flight was at 8 a.m. because it was the cheapest flight. (laughs) 8 a.m. So I had to be there at 6 a.m. So Quincy woke up at 5.20 a.m. to drive me 30 minutes to the airport. And God bless her for doing that. I love you so much, Quincy. (laughs) Thank you. And we just fucking at 530 in the morning, we were blasting Billie Eilish. And just battling the um, the fucking windows fogging up as we drove to the airport. It's great. And then the Miami airport is way bigger than Charlotte. No, not Miami. Orlando. The Orlando airport is way chiller and bigger than the Charlotte airport. So I just... You know, it was it was less stressful. It was quicker. And I read my book in the airport. And then on the flight back, so I was like, oh, okay, I guess aisle seats are the way to go. Because, you know, just sit down easily. I don't have to make people get up for me. Um, so I ch- So before my flight back, I changed my seating to a aisle seat. And when I got on the plane, there in my row was a guy sitting only in the aisle seat, my seat. And so at this point, I'm like, okay, I guess that's just the vibe of this fucking airline is like you pay for your seating arrangement and then people just say fuck you and sit in your spot anyway. And so I was like, okay, whatever. And so I could have been like, hey, man, I think that's my seat. Are you sure you're in the right seat? And um, a bunch of things could have been solved, but I didn't. Instead, I was like, hey, can I get in here? And I slid into the window seat. And then at some point, a middle-aged woman showed up and she just sat in the middle seat. She didn't say anything to me about the window seat. She just sat there. So I was like, okay, I guess this is the vibe. And so our row was full. And then after a little while, a lady showed up and she was like, hey, one of y'all are in the wrong seat. I'm supposed to be in the middle seat. And the middle-aged woman in the middle seat was like, I'm supposed to be at the window. And I was like, I'm supposed to be in the aisle. And so this guy pulls out his ticket and he was just in the wrong row. He was supposed to be in 16 and said he was in 19. And it's like, if I would have just been not been such a little bitch and been like, hey man, that's my seat. Like, something's not right. He, it would have stopped that. It would stop. It would have stopped all this domino effect of things. I don't know what I'm trying to say. Basically, I'm saying I'm a little bitch, okay? That's what I'm saying. But so I said, so he got up. I thought we were all going to get in our OG seats. But we did not. I asked the middle-aged lady if she wanted to switch because, you know, she was supposed to have the window seat and she said it was fine. So whatever. So the window seat was like a little bit better because the the inside armrests do come up because that's the thing about the aisle seat is that the one in the aisle does not come up. And so that 
was just fucking digging into my leg the whole time, which sucked. Um, but you can stretch your legs out a little bit into the aisle, like if you need some stretching time. But so the window seat was okay, but there was just no, there was no stretching out. Um, and me and that lady's leg are like right against each other the whole time. I felt bad. I felt bad because like I was so fidgety. Like every time she would move, I could feel it. And then when she, she didn't move that much, so like I wasn't thinking about it. But I was so fucking fidgety. And every time she would move and I would feel it, I'd be like, fuck, that's so annoying that she she can probably feel every single move I'm making. So yeah, anyway, planes are fat phobic. <laughs> and I had a lot of fun in Florida. But also it's fucking Florida, dude. Oh my god. Also, when I landed, I'm an idiot. Let's just get that out of the way. So when I parked my car at the Charlotte airport, you turn off an exit for daily and hourly parking, but then daily and hourly go to separate parking garages. And so I parked my car and I came down the elevator. And when I got out, there were two parking garages beside each other. I think a wasp is flying into my home right now. Okay. Thank God he's not. But so, so I assumed the parking garage that I was in was daily parking and that the second parking garage was hourly parking. And when I came out, there was a shuttle there. So I got in the shuttle and the shuttle took me like up to where you like check in with your airline. And so that's upstairs and downstairs is when you land, you get baggage claim. And then there's like, you walk across that traffic and there's a parking garage there. So I thought like, I thought the shuttle was just helpful so that I like got upstairs. And I thought that if I just, when I got my bags, if I walked across that street, I would be in the parking garage. And I didn't check in about that with anyone. I didn't look at the signs fully. And so I did that. I went over there and I kept seeing hourly parking. So I kept following hourly parking, but I wasn't parked in hourly parking. I was parked in daily parking, but I kept following hourly parking and we, and I know I'm on the third floor. I go to the third floor and it's like fucking hurts like car rentals. And so I asked someone, I was like, where's hourly parking? Which I should have said daily parking because I'm not in hourly parking. And they were like, yeah, hourly starts on the fourth floor. But I'm like, I'm like, okay, thanks. And then I got in the elevator and I was like, no, I need fucking daily parking. God damn it. And I know I'm on the third floor, so I'm not going to be on the fourth floor. You know what I mean? So I was like, I'll just go back to the floor I got on, in on into the elevator and I will... I will ask a professional. I'll ask an adult for help. And so I hit one. And again, I wasn't paying attention because beside the fucking elevator floors, there was, you know, something that said like where it was. And the first floor was not where I got in on. The first floor was like the fucking basement of the parking garage. So I get out in the basement of the parking garage and I'm still thinking I'm in like one of the two parking garages that I saw when I parked. So I'm thinking like, oh, I just need, I don't know where I'm turned, but if I just go to the end, there should be another parking garage. So I like walk to the end of the parking garage and that is the fucking highway. So I walk back and at this point I'm realizing like, oh, I don't think I'm in the right parking garage. At, like, I don't even think they're beside each other. I think daily and hourly are completely separate. And so I go up to the second floor and I'm looking for an adult and it's just the fucking rental car people and they're all busy. And so I walk completely across that building and then I'm like, let me just cross the fucking, let me go back to the airport. So I fucking, I fucking am walking across that traffic back to the airport. I ask the fucking traffic guard. I'm like, dude, how do I get to daily parking? And they were like, you gotta go get on that shuttle. Which, like, duh, I fucking got on a shuttle 
to get to the airport, like, why did I think I got to avoid the shuttle on the way back? Like, it's fucking, you're a silly goose. And so I get on the shuttle just in the nick of the time, Nick, just in the nick of time. And I'm fucking dripping sweat. And I'm so tired. And my bag is so heavy. And I'm so sunburnt. And yeah. And so we get to daily parking and I get to my car. And I also am like about to piss my pants. I have to pee so bad. And it was just like, why did I? I would, I just, I do these things. I make my life so hard for no reason. But like Florida was really, really fun. I had so much fun. I, I love Quincy and Steven so much. Thank you guys for letting me stay with you. And yeah, my, uh, my technology is about to die. But I think I've been talking for a long time. So that's good. How do we feel about the outside? How do we feel about being on the outside? How do we feel about my bucket hat? I feel like I don't mind the outside. I feel like it helps me. Well, hold on. It It is hot and I am fucking sweating, but it forces me to go outside. I'm challenging my anxiety a little bit because definitely my neighbors can fucking hear me. And yeah, I think it's like I, I'm obviously just looking at it on the tiny viewfinder, but I feel like it's like nice natural light. So yeah, uh, I hope you enjoyed this episode. Thank you so much for watching. If you did, my name is Ash. This is No Eye Contact. And I'll catch you on the flippity flop, dude. Bye. Have a good week. <laughs>